This week's episode of Mind Gap Podcast is brought to you by the new video game Blind, a detective story. Blind, a detective story is a never-before-seen investigative role-playing game set in 1950s New York. Play as Bart Hammer, a private detective who has been hired to track down the murderer of a Hollywood movie producer. Also, Bart is blind. That's right, he can't see shit, which means you can't see shit. Use your very own ears to listen to witnesses to figure out if they're telling the truth. Use the sensory box hardware add-on to feel your way through the crime scenes. If it's sticky, it's probably blood. Probably. Smell your surroundings using the auto spray gaming sensor. There are over 100 smells programmed in, from taxicab leather that smells like dry-aged farts to a corpse that's been rotting in the sun for three days. This is the game that will blow your mind. Head on over to Bart Hammer is Blind today to pre-order your copy of Blind, a detective story. Enter the code MINDGAP at checkout to get the Real Danger hardware mod. This bonus tech makes it so if Bart gets hurt, you feel it too. Blind, a detective story. The video game experience that will define a generation is one you can't see. Good day to you, fellow human. On this week's podcast, Justin and I are joined by the magnificently kind and thoughtful Mark Schaefer of the Text and Rock podcast. Mark is incredibly well-versed on history, religion, and the Bible. If your butthole just puckered up at the sound of that, tell it to relax. Mark takes his vast knowledge and makes life awesome for everyone else by helping them read the Bible in its own context for what its own authors are saying instead of focusing on all of the silly arguments between scientists and theologians from today. We then take a fan suggestion to theorycraft a situation where we would choose a movie and within that movie keep one actor as a normal human and then change everyone else to Muppets. We let our imaginations run wild and many laughs were had. So let go of your baggage, think about how good humans can be, and consider which Muppet would make for a better movie viewing experience as we forge straight on into episode 243 of Mind Gap Podcast. Mind Gap Podcast. Welcome, everybody. Uh, welcome to Mind Gap Podcast. Uh, to the Twitch folks, welcome. To the people listening, welcome. Uh, great episode for us tonight because we have a very special guest. It is the one and only Mark Schaefer of the Woo! Text and Rock Podcast. Mark, welcome. Hey, thanks. Glad to be here. Nice. And, uh, you know, as typical from the past few weeks, we are doing our social distancing via Skype, which is why the audio sounds fantastic. Um, but, uh, you're coming all the way from Iowa city. How's life over there in Iowa city? Well, I'm in quarantine with a seven year old. <laughs> so sounds, sounds great. So much. Fun. It's like all of a sudden I was the homeschool teacher of a pinball that I house. But imagine the pinball bouncing around your house and asking you jeopardy questions about. Oh, anything. wow. Yeah. Yeah. Anyways. Oh man! And my, and my out, so I'm ready to go. Yeah, if you're on yeah, Twitch right now, you can see that Mark. Uh, Mark, you said you described it very well before. How how would you describe yourself like on the screen? 
Like I'm a <laughs> like I'm a failed informant. Like you blurred out the background. <laughs> but my face is right there as I'm, you know, telling on the evil drug lord that I work under. <laughs> oh, it's amazing. It's so good. I have my son's like camp lantern is what I've got on here. Just right before we started the call, Mark called me and he goes, uh, yeah, so um, just so you know, uh, my power just went out uh, my entire neighborhood. So um, I have a light and uh, we're just going to make this happen. I'm like, cool, man. <laughs> Sounds great. We'll see where this goes. You look like you're telling ghost stories. <laughs> so we've done we've done episodes in far weirder, uh, you know, technical issues with far weirder. So you are, this is right on par for, uh, for what we're doing. Oh yeah. This is, yeah. Yeah. These last few weeks have been, I think trial and error just to put it lightly, you know, as we've tried to figure out some stuff, things have a lot of audio problems haven't gone well with this, but, uh, we're trying some stuff out. We're learning and that's the most important thing. So, um, and speaking of which you have your own podcast, text and rock, um, and I've been meaning to have you on here for a while just to chat about it because I find it very interesting. So tell us a little bit about your podcast and what you do with that. Yeah. First of all, I should just say that I'm a, I'm a fan of the mind gap podcast. And I, you know, I have to drive between Iowa city and Cincinnati to wrap up some of my schooling, um, which means I have a dissertation that will never be finished. Ever. <laughs> yeah. I always listen. I always listen to mind gap because it's like having my friend Doug in Aww. the car and, and I don't know what you're doing there, Justin. But, uh, <laughs> the casual observer, I suppose. But um, honestly, one of the one of the like first inklings I had to start a podcast came from you doing one, Doug. Oh. I was like, well, if Doug can actually do that, then I can <laughs> if dumb dumb Doug can pull this off, I can do it too. <laughs> No, no, not at all. <laughs> I grew up with Doug. He can have a podcast. You know? But uh, yeah, so the Text and Rock show is designed to study um, the Bible as literature. It's sort of a humanist look at the Bible, um, and it kind of helps a lot of people like me that grew up with biblical literature and then kind of went to college and studied evolution and physics and you know, um, knowable observances about the universe. It helps people like us recalibrate and kind of love the Bible again. Nice. The reaction that a lot of people have is, well, wait, if I can't read that as literal fact, then I'm just going to pitch it and I'm just going to pitch what I grew up with. And um, I kind of went the other way. I did a doctoral program in Near Eastern literature, um, like the context of the Bible and then its interpretation in the Greco-Roman period. But the fun for me was like, how can I take all this weird stuff I'm learning and make it awesome for a seven-year-old? Like that was always to me like, if I can put it in a, in, if I can put it in a way that like Otto wants to talk about Marduk, I've succeeded, right? So, so cool. The goal of the show is kind of to um, help people read the Bible in its own context and for what its own authors are saying instead of. You know, with all the silly arguments that happen between scientists and theologians today. So no, it's been really fun, though. That's a really good uh, – it's interesting. And because – which we'll get – I'm anxious to ask my next question, but we'll get there in just a second. But what – um so what inspired you to take all this? Because I, I love this sort of like academic approach to it and, and be like, you know what? We want to share this with the world on a podcast. Like what was the genesis? Because you also have a co-host on the show as well. 
Yeah. So first of all, my co-host is not a nerd like me. He's an artist, and he uh, he's actually the drummer for an internationally known uh, blues musician named Kevin Burt. And Eric sometimes is on tour, so we'll have to batch episodes <laughs> like in advance. He's a cool dude, but like if you listen to the show and it sounds like Eric's like, yeah, that's interesting, but he doesn't quite know what we're talking about. That's because he's learning too. Mm-hmm. But that was the goal. It's like, okay, huh. let's have a co-host starting at square zero and let's or ground zero and let's kind of talk through the concepts and the ideas. And you know, when I've taught in a university setting, my goal is actually to get my students to a place where they assume nothing and to read it as literature. For the first time rather than I came from the synagogue or I came from the church and this is what God is instead like I want to plunge them into the near eastern world where there are monsters and divine beings and magic is possible and you know I kind of want to take them to la la land um and they have blocks to that if they grew up in a certain way so Eric kind of takes the journey for our guests it's been like really fun to set it up that way Wow, that yeah. is fascinating, fascinating concept. I yeah, love yeah. that. Yeah, it's been fun. We've had people either love it or write us really nasty emails. <laughs> what are some of the nastiest emails yeah, you've gotten so far? Sure. <laughs> um, here's here's a good one. So if you grow up in if you grow up in church world, um, once in a while they will mention, but no one will ever explain because it's not explainable. Uh, the Trinity, that God is three in one. There's God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. And that's actually the permanent problem that uh, Christianity and Judaism have. If you move to monotheism, well, then how do you explain evil, right? How do you explain evil? And, uh, <laughs> For the folks who are just listening, uh, Mark just took his uh, camping flashlight and showed it in his face like he was a serial killer. It was very, very dramatic. Yes, yes. So what happened in... What happened in late antiquity was that the trinity of the idea that God is actually three and one developed in paganism before it developed in Christianity. It developed in Greek philosophy. So what happened was Plato comes along and says, yeah, I believe in God like I believe in a giant being guiding the cosmos or that's responsible for everything, like everything came from somewhere. But he can't be like those silly gods on Olympus that act worse than we do, right? There's just no way. <laughs> Instead, God has to be removed from creation and can't touch it, right? So the next jump in Plato's thinking is, well, this perfect being, well, he can't touch the mess of creation because it would kind of soil him or ruin his essence, right? There's a removal between like the divine and, and the world. So he has what's called the logos or the uh, the being responsible for going between the removed God and creation as the second person of the Trinity, like the son. I mean, John even starts his gospel in the beginning was the logos or the word and the word was God. That's the concept. It's straight Hellenistic philosophy. So. Here's the uh, trick, though. In pagan, in the pagan trinity, the Holy Spirit figure is actually antithetic to the other two. He fights against them, and that's how they explain evil, right? Interesting. Yeah, yeah. In, but in Christianity, the Spirit is like um, has come through. The idea has kind of been run through Judaism, and they're looking for a spirit that works with the divine or with the divine agent. So, like the uh, hey, buddy. <laughs> I'm gonna have to real quick. 
No worries. <laughs> This is Otto, Doug. Hey, Otto! Nice to meet you, buddy. <laughs> All right. Well, can I keep doing my show with these guys? I'm I'm a guest. I don't want to be rude. What time are you gonna be up? Uh, probably like an hour. I'll come kiss you. Bye. Bye, Mama. Sorry, guys. <laughs> no, Sorry, totally fine. For those that okay, are not so on Twitch, you didn't get to see Otto, but he looks awesome. So yes. Well, and that allowed me to realize I was probably on a professor ramble. So let me stop. <laughs> so long and Short of it is that the Trinity in Christianity, the only reason they write in terms of Trinity is paganism. And I got a million emails about that. People were just like irate. So they're um, like, they're like basically saying that you're, you're saying that everything they believe is based in paganism, which is probably just doesn't fly well with them. Right. But the thing is, I mean, the, the writers of the new Testament never would have been describing the divine as father, son, and Holy spirit. If it wasn't for Plato and that construction. And it's true, and it's traceable. You can't you can't miss it when you study late antiquity. Yeah, I so can only imagine that. Honestly, we don't. I can only imagine the emails that you would get, or the people would be like, "Hey, buddy," because these are also the kinds of people in my mind, yeah. based on my experience, who would scour the internet, and as soon as they find something that would be like, "Hey, yeah. that's against my religion," um, they yeah. would probably come at you pretty hard. Would be my guess. So here's what I do for my for my own honesty. Anytime I make a blog post or record an, an episode, I send it to my colleagues from school and I have them peer edit it to make sure uh -huh. I'm not out to sea. I'm actually like middle of the road. But then I don't allow comments on anything I write or produce because I would get trolled so hard. <laughs> but um, you know what's what's happened though is because my field is about religion the 250 year gap between the critical academic study of the Bible as literature and the church and synagogue, like the religions that hold those texts as God's word, there's just this huge gap in mm. the way they're reading it. And I'm just trying to be a bridge and to be honest. That's like my goal. And for as many mean emails as I've had, I've had a whole lot of people say, thank you. Like nice. someone finally someone finally just told it like it was you know so it's been really fun to do. i feel like it's a it's a very unique approach to to religion in general but also to like deconstructing the bible and figuring out like because i was raised catholic um you know yeah. stopped practicing right around the end of high school when it became my choice and sure. how's therapy it, going <laughs> it's it's good i have a glass of therapy every night uh, but uh no it's it's something kind of similar to doug it's something i've shied away from and i'm it it's always been yeah i hear re the word religion and immediately i'm like Dah, i don't know i don't know if i want to hear this yeah, yeah. You're, you're my stomach tightens up but listening to you say like approaching it from more of a uh, analytical standpoint it it I don't know. I don't want to say demystifies it, but it it makes it, it makes it approachable. I want people to see the literature of the Bible as art, and as an attempt by many people, really across a thousand years, trying to name the ideal of the divine. That is, um, and there are really two ways you can go with it, right? You can be a person of faith that believes there is an objective divine being that's better than us and bringing everything along. But we're still just humans trying to, to name that, right? And so different authors are going to have different names and different uh, time periods are going to have entirely different constructs for naming that being. And we're just trying to get better names. But all of the names should be artistic and helpful. 
the other way to go with that is we we really are all alone and who knows right i mean who can answer that mystery definitively that's right, why right. that's why it's a debate that's why it's an issue right but the other way to go with that is naming god as an ideal can bring humanity forward when it's done artistically it can never help though when it's dogmatically and you know causes fights and arguments so um I guess one of the tenets of the Texan Rock show is to get used to other people naming things differently and to be okay with that, you know? See, it's interesting because, see, on our podcast, we get into fights as to whether or not Thanos would beat Hela in a, in a fight, you know? Yeah. And whether or not, yeah. you know, if well, if she's on Asgard, definitely. But if she's no elsewhere, contest. I don't know because that's where she draws her power from. So I think we're talking about very similar things between our podcasts, you know, like just, it's just really getting to the you... crux of humanity. Right. It's what you name it. Yeah. <laughs> yep. <laughs> <laughs> My, my grad school friends and I would do that all the time, though. We would pair different divinities from across cultures and, like, have them battle. Totally. Oh, my gosh. I love you've it. Been doing, you've been doing throwdowns since uh, for forever, then. Academic ones, no less. And very yeah, impressive. Because I'm, like, I'm like five feet tall and, like, 125 pounds soaking wet. So it's fun for me to, like, talk about people that can kick ass. <laughs> <laughs> It's so funny because Justin kind of touched on this uh, just a second ago, but, you know, I'm not a religious guy. I didn't grow up religious or anything like that. But so when the topic of religion comes up, my butthole puckers up, you know, kind of gets a little tight. I'm like, ooh, I don't know where this is going to go. However, when I've listened to your podcast, my butthole is fine. Why is that? I mean, there's a whole nother thing we could open up from there, too, and really dive into. Oh, the power came back on. Oh, bam. <laughs> Justin was waiting. He was he had that written on his hand. He's like, if the lights come on, here are the lines I'm going to say. You nailed My it. dog is very concerned that I just screamed right now. She's staring at me. <laughs> what kind of dog do you have? I have a blue healer. Oh, they're really smart. Hello. <laughs> What's up, Abby? Abby. <laughs> I miss seeing that dog. Cool. Yeah, so, um, you know, I think the goal I have for anyone, whether they're, whether they're a staunch materialist and the concept of God is impossible for them, or um, whether they're actually entrenched in a religious tradition, was, is actually just that they would love the literature itself. I think it can help you name virtue and paths of life that are helpful whether or not you believe in the divinity behind it, actually. Um, even even for me, as as I've been more comfortable with saying, I can't resolve that, um, this, that, or the other, it's just, I'm going to have to sit in the indeterminacy of it. Or I might be a believer on Monday and a nihilist on Tuesday. Actually, you can be a believer in the right side of your brain and a nihilist in the left side of your brain at the same time. So I don't know what they do with you at the gates, but uh, <laughs> I think that's a really good point, though, because a lot of this is like you have to be this one way all the time. And if you're not, you failed. And I think that's a lot in our society, right? It's like we, we really yeah. demonize failure in every aspect. And Justin said a yeah. lot of times on here, like entrepreneurs generally, like you got to have a couple failures under your belt or a lot of people are like, well, you haven't done much. Because we didn't know that you failed. You have to learn from that sort of stuff. And I feel like it's the same way where it's like you're always this way or you failed 
you're not yeah. good at this, you're not good at that. So I think that's a really important distinction. I'm fascinated by the idea of being a believer and nihilist at the same time. You, yeah. you have to live. You have to. You have to live a little to get there. You know, stab a drifter. Or <laughs> I think. Uh, Hold on. I, I I need to have this queued up. Hold on. <laughs> All right. Now we're ready. I think though. Um, <laughs> I don't remember what I was gonna. Say. <laughs> Stab a drifter. That's oh, where we I left think, off. I think so. For me, the more I've realized that actually I'm a walking contradiction. Like, and the the core values that I want to have, they're really ideals that I fall shortly of all the time. So for me, faith has actually become putting the ethical teachings of Jesus into practice as much as it is belief in anything ontological. Um, and what I mean by that is. Th- there, everything, everything about the way traditions are trying to name God may pan out or may not. But the reality is life goes a lot better when I can forgive my friends and, uh, even forgive my enemies, you know, than it does if, if, uh, I'm an angry short guy with a chip on his shoulder. So, you know, so for me, there's a very, human like there's a very human growth that can happen without even resolving the issue of whether there's a god that the literature is actually naming or not you know so Um, i feel like we need to get you on a larger platform just to say what you just said to the entire world just be like guys hey it's gonna be okay all right, let's stop focusing on all the details (laughs) and let's just take the core tenets here which is seriously be cool to yourself, be cool to your neighbors, and we're going to get through this. I mean, that is always, yeah. when I look yeah. at things like religion, I'm like, the template or the, the the core concepts of it, I'm like, are great. You know, absolutely. Yeah. follow these rules because this is what it means to have a society, a functioning society. If you don't trust right. people, if you're stealing, if you're killing and all that sort of stuff, it's not going to work. So focus through those filters, focus the world through those lenses, and things are going to be better overall. And it's now more than ever. I mean, again, kudos for you for shutting off comments and stuff like that. I mean, the internet is a is yeah, a cesspool yeah. of hate, and you know, I've just recently, in the last few months, sort of like gotten into Twitter, kind of, and I've just realized, yeah. holy shit, that that place is that that place is just constant battles, gross. happening yeah. all the time, and I get sucked into it. And I tell myself, I'm like, don't click on this, don't click on this thread, because yeah. I don't know yeah. where it's gonna go. And then I know where it's going to go, but I'm like, I don't know. Let's see. Maybe it's going to be good. It's not. It never is. And yeah. I think we lose sight of the fact that we're humans and we really just need to be nice to each other. And I think yeah. part of that with the pandemic has been nice to see that in a lot of ways where I've seen some people in my neighborhood, in my community, like just being kind to each other. Um, yeah. I found just even in what we're doing now, like o- online is so much better because, you know, we're hosting video game Twitch streams on Saturday nights. We're like, guys, come hang out with us, play games, relax for two hours. Uh, just watch us be stupid idiots on on yeah. on online, and let's have some camaraderie because I know everyone's home. Because that's always a thing for me. I'm like, people are busy. They're not hermits like me. They're not playing <laughs> not games on a Saturday night. But now I'm like, I know you're all home. And if you have time, which you probably do, just take 30 minutes to an hour. Come play a game with me. I'll make it fun. I promise. But having that sort of compassion and that camaraderie, that connection, 
I think is yeah. really cool. And it's really kind of invigorated me and given me a better look at things because I, I don't know, I, I, seeing kind of like the repercussions of all this have kind of, um, it's scary, but at the same time, I'm like, there's, there's a new path ahead of us. And it's just, it's interesting. It'll be interesting to see where we go from here. It will, it will. And you know, I, I think that when we talk about learning to be comfortable with the way other people name things, I remember growing up with you and I was entrenched in a religious tradition and you were not. And, <laughs> That's an understatement. <laughs> yeah, but this is the this is the thing though. If anyone would ask me about my friend Doug, I would say he's a, a gentle giant. Like he has a good heart and a compassion for people. And at that point in my life, I would take the upper hand in any way I could get it because I was kind of small and mad about it. So mm -hmm. like any insult that would pop into my head or any way I could be sarcastic or be the center of attention, I would take it a lot of times at other people's expense. All the while, I was raised in a tradition that said, you're, you're one of the righteous ones or the good ones or the ones that God smiles upon. And actually, it was always a good like reminder to me that you seem to have those qualities in ways that I didn't. And I remember what, after like a decade, we were out well, like well out of college when I met you in Chicago at a diner and we were just talking about life. And I remember just some of the things you said, um, the overarching ideas were, were that people need to be good to each other. People need to be kind to each other. People need to give each other a break. And I walked away from the lunch and I thought like, we've kind of arrived at the exact same place. Wow, that was we, very kind. Everything you just said to me, thank you. See, Justin, I can be positive. <laughs> um, I'll believe but, it when I see it. <laughs> but I would say we name things completely differently. Like my yeah. my mother tongue of naming love and compassion is the God of the Bible because I grew up with it and then studied it for I don't know fifteen years after yeah. college. So I mean, you know, I'm entrenched in it, but at the same time. If I was to ask you, like, what's the ultimate point then in your atheism, you would say something to the degree of, well, we're in it for each other, right? Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. So, I mean, we're, we're really in the same place. If the best arrival of any religious tradition is that we ought to treat one another with loving kindness. Isn't it hilarious that really the divide here is, and I've kind of come to, I don't know if this is an epiphany or whatever, but. I'd say 90% of the time we all want the same thing. We just argue on the 10% yeah. of the way to exactly get there. Like yeah. it's a, yeah. in this situation with religion, it, religion, it's labels, right? It's well, right. how do you define the Trinity? And really who is yeah. God? And really how did it's like, none of that stuff matters. What matters is that, you know, they're all trying to say the exact same thing, which is, you know, right. that's, it's, you know, you go through all these stories of, you know, the, the Greek, uh, mythologies and all that sort of stuff like it's all they were all tales of like to be a good person because yeah. if you're not yeah. bad things happen you know having faith and and all that sort of stuff in each other and humanity um in believing in yourself like all those things they, they there's if you draw a venn diagram there's a lot that crosses over yeah. it's just a matter of what the specifics are and it's a real shame that we get hung up on those specifics yeah so doug we just did our venn diagram today, which I actually taught Venn diagrams as a homeschool teacher today to my son. Nice. Um, yeah. He understood them better than I ever. <laughs> um, but we've seen our overlap 
if we go to antiquity, if we go to first, second, third century, so after the time of Jesus, paganism and Christianity, their Venn diagram of ethics, it's almost identical in the middle. <laughs> so they're really? maybe so first of all, in paganism, they moved past polytheism to where Zeus was like their high god and all of the other gods were go-between, like Jesus, like God the Son, right? So like Zeus was God. Man, just, and what a God he was, am I right? That dude was yeah. just couldn't help becoming a swan and having sex with ladies, am I right? right. Jeez Louise. Yeah. But, but that, that. <laughs> I was Zeus, like, oh shit, Mark, is it raining over there? <laughs> In case you guys don't know, Justin has a new soundboard, and uh, we're testing it out, and it's working out great so far. <laughs> I think it's awesome. But both both systems arrive at the place that you ought to have a reverence for the divine, whether you name it as Zeus or Yahweh or God or or whatever. Um, and you ought to, as a result, love other people. It's called the two virtue canon, and it's in paganism and Christianity. It's the same overlap, right? So I mean, then then and now, we ultimately want peace and prosperity for ourselves, and then. A good virtue is that we want that for our neighbors too, even the ones that aren't like us. Yeah, no, I totally agree. By the way, uh, someone on Twitch, Jervis, goes, "Is Zeus joining in?" You're darn right, sir. He's absolutely joining in tonight. <laughs> <laughs> so I love everything about this. I love. I, I listened to your most uh, uh, a portion of your most recent episode talking about you know master, like you know the student becoming the master, all that sort of stuff. Absolutely yeah. fascinating, and I love the conversations you guys have. And I think you know, Thanks, uh, there's a lot of really cool stuff in there uh, for you guys to check out. Um, where just we'll plug this again at the end, but tell people where they can find uh, Texan Rock. Yeah, they can go to TexanRock.com and they can listen to the podcast there. They can read the blog posts. And then I just started a member side of my website that basically gives people undergraduate level education and biblical studies for 10 bucks a month. Wow. The idea is who of, who of us like trying to pay off our college loans can like afford to go pay a university a bunch of money to learn about religion. But here it is on the cheap. So that is really cool, dude. Like yeah. that is a just, really cool thing. To, just to clarify T E X T. Yeah. And the R O C K text yep. and here's, rock. Here's where the name came from. Um, we basically have two ways for uncovering antiquity. We have texts. So like things that were written down and we have rock, what we dig up from archeology span and the show tries to explore both. Yeah. I love that. That's so cool, man. Yeah. That's I awesome. That. Yeah. Guys go check out the podcast. It's great. It's a really cool, uh, way to sort of explore the stuff without feeling like, you know, you'll have loose buttholes is what I'm trying to say, guys, while it you're listening to this. You won't feel guilty. You might actually like it. Yeah. Right. It'll be great. Uh, so going to worse than you will. <laughs> So uh, we're going to transition here very, um, very smoothly, seamlessly, seamless yeah. transition to we had a, uh, a fan uh, send us uh, an idea for the podcast. And uh, yeah. Justin has uh, their audio clip. Uh, Justin, would you mind playing what they have in store for us? They have a question about for, for us to answer. Hey, guys. I uh, I heard this on the internet the other day, and I thought it would be a really good uh, topic, one-minute session. You might even be able to do a whole podcast on it, but here's the idea. You take a movie, and you keep one actor, and the rest are replaced with Muppets. 
You can discuss which Muppets it might be, why you might pick that Muppet, or just conceptually just name the actor and then just say the rest of the cast is Muppets and let people just think what they want to because sometimes it might just be funnier. But um, give you an example. When I heard this on the radio, my thought was deliverance. <laughs> Keep Ned Beatty. The rest of the cast is Muppets. <laughs> and we could make the hillbillies the two old guys in the balcony. So anyway, have at it. I think it'd be fun. <laughs> that coming from uh, 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 all uh, Mind Gap's uh, all-star. I couldn't get the words out. Uh, Hag Nahigian, Two Good Hips on Twitch. I sent that in to us. And it's uh, that's I, I very much a fan of this suggestion. Yeah, I ever since Justin uh, sent it to me, I've been obsessing about it. Um, and I've been like just constantly trying to think of like, because there's some. Justin and I were kind of chatting about this earlier today. You could do, quote unquote, obvious ones. You know, you could do like Star Wars, but Star Wars, there's already CG in there. There's droids. There's fantastical right. elements. There are, there are actual Muppets in there. <laughs> you know, <heads. laughs> it's true. Jerbis uh, on Twitch says, "Any Nicolas Cage movie, keep Nick. The rest are Muppets, especially Gone in sixty seconds." <laughs> Yes. Yes, so and then, so then every other actor would be a mouth breather. <laughs> <laughs> so I've been obsessed with this, and I've been trying to find interesting combinations or just absurd things, or trying to take a genre of something that it's supposed to be and having it completely flipped because now flipped, uh, flipped because um, <laughs> we'll go there. I was hoping no one heard that. Uh, flipped so that and now the movie has a completely different tone to it uh, and everything like that. Uh, Justin or, or Mark, do you have anything off the top of your head? Do you have any uh, any suggestions? The one that came to me almost instantly was Fight Club. <laughs> yes. I did cross my mind. Okay. Who who stays not, the human? I'm not surprised you crossed your mind. <laughs> Who is the human in that, and who and who else remains Muppets? So is is I, I keep Edward Norton. That makes sense, right? That makes total but sense. His, but then his alter ego is Kermit, because <laughs> because I mean, you know, uh, like hi ho, we don't talk about Fight Club, and uh, he has, and then Marla Singer has to be Miss Piggy. Oh God. <laughs> But then everyone else that like lives, everyone else that like lives in the house, you know, are all of like the other Muppets. And <laughs> yes, just yeah. imagine the scene where they say again and again, like in death, his name is Robert Paulson. His name was and Robert like, Paulson. Different, different voices. There's like Rizzo the Rat and that monster <laughs> looking thing, and like Legal Eagle. His that monster looking thing's got to be Bob, right? <laughs> Oh my God! See now, the one part I didn't consider was what Muppets were playing. What I just figured I was trying to decide who the humans were. So now I really have to think about, dude. That is perfect. I love the idea of Kermit being Tyler Durden. That is specifically <gasps> because his limbs are so small. <laughs> yeah, think of the opening scene. Right. Like Edward Norton has a gun in his mouth and Kermit's holding it, <laughs> and there's like a flaming city behind him. <laughs> Oh, that's amazing. Oh, my God. Yeah, he, there's that scene where they're pointing. Do the, I give you the butt or do I give you the crotch? <laughs> he, 
He's pouring the lie on Edward Norton's hand and holding it there. And he's like, no, trying to have this existential moment of like, no, slap him across the fate. If this happens, what do you think it means? That God hates you. That you're nothing. No, you have to say it right. Ha ha. We're God's unwanted children. So be it. (laughs) Wow. That is a fantastic choice. Well casted. All right. Justin, you follow up with that one. Uh, no, <laughs> uh, I'll do one that, uh, that another all-star Bob, uh, Rob, Rob Ballmeyer came up with, uh, one of his was good fellas and he keeps the human as Joe Pesci. Sounds about right. Yeah. Uh, I guess you could also keep Ray Liotta as the human and have everyone else since he really is more of the, I don't I, it, it, it all depends on which, which way you want to see it lean, but, uh, well, specifically, I think if I remember correctly, he said that uh, it was Joe Pesci in the scene of, what, am I funny to you? Am I making you laugh? <laughs> what, am I like a clown? I'm funny how? <laughs> and it's all the Muppets him. talking to him going, no, it's not what we meant. <laughs> Dude, it totally takes those scenes and like just makes it even more insane. And that's what I love about this prompt. Like, right. you know, the part where he's... Stiff Ozzy go waka waka. <laughs> <laughs> It's like what I'm trying to I'm trying to try to bang this Jew lady. Come on, help me out. I don't want to help. She's, she's, can you believe it? She's racist against Italians. Can you believe this? And it's like I don't know, I don't know who'd play Ray Liotta's character, but he's just like he's doing all this sort of stuff, saying these crazy things. Like, <laughs> but then but then there's Muppets around him. You know, oh, right. uh, all the, the Muppets are doing cocaine at the end, driving in the car. I could picture it well enough that I was starting to cry. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I, those iconic moments in there, yeah. uh, you know, the 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 the, the uh, montage of all the people being, that were killed by De Niro's Absolutely. character, <laughs> like coming out in different places. Uh, I love the idea of there just being one human in all this, and yes. there, it, it, it's. I think it's almost better when it's not a main character because it makes oh, yeah, it that yeah. much insane. Because you're, especially in something like this, you're invested in the characters. Then all of a sudden, Joe Pesci shows up. You're like, wait, why is he a human? Right. <laughs> One of the most violent people in this movie. And it's like, it's almost so much more terrifying yet laughable because he's beating up Muppets. Right. <laughs> oh, we got a couple of suggestions from Twitch. Uh, Face Off uh, needs Cage and Travolta. I don't know. Which one would you pick? Would you pick Cage or Travolta? Like, which one's the human? Which one's not? I think they're saying it. they need both of those. They have to stay themselves and everyone else. But I would love to see, like... I don't know, like Gonzo do the priest at the beginning where he does the, the head roll and like, Oh, where he's basically, he pats the ass of a child more or less yeah, like in the would, choir. Gonzo, that's Gonzo. That's, <laughs> I think he would beg to it's differ. It's not, not a large jump from chicken to child. Is <laughs> Thank it? you. See, I mean, he gets it from chick to chick. That has got to be a soundbite right there. <laughs> it's not a huge leap from chicken to child. <laughs> We got that's going on a soundboard. That's going on a soundboard. That's going on a shirt. <laughs> Wear with caution. <laughs> That'll get you arrested right away. <laughs> yeah, been nice. Folks. You're like, wait, you're going from animals to children. This is not good. Um, <laughs> oh, Doug, what do you got? All right, so I have um, my first one here is Gone Girl, uh, the uh, Ben Affleck movie. 
But the human in it is Neil Patrick Harris's character. He's an, he's a side character if you've seen it, and he's obsessed with the female lead. And I think it would be hilarious because not only do you have this very serious David Fincher movie about lying about whether or not someone's dead, but then Neil Patrick Harris, who is just a delight in general, is yeah. enters from the side obsessed, like just romantically obsessed with, I don't know, I think Miss Piggy would be a good job for that role. You could do Kermit and Miss Piggy for Ben Affleck and, uh, and, the, and the other woman. It's a perfect one. But he's just like super obsessed with her. And, you know, ultimately, you know, the gross and dark things that happen in that movie. And he's just the human who ultimately gets killed. <laughs> How many female Muppets are there? There's the, the girl that plays in Dr. Teeth and the Electric Mayhem. Yes. I was thinking, yeah. Is that it? Uh, Twitch, help us out there. Any other ladies in the Muppets world? <laughs> With the Muppets, do not survive the Me Too movement. Maybe. Nope. Right. <laughs> there is not, guys, a lot at all. Wow. Fictional characters, female and Muppet, only brings up two, four, six, eight. And most of them are from Sesame Street. <laughs> oh, boy. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. That's interesting to me. It is. Camilla, Camilla the Chicken is one of them. <laughs> of course it is. Annie, Annie Sue Pig must be related to Miss Piggy, I guess. Then there's that, uh, the one who, um, what's her name? The I can't find her name. Yeah, the one that plays in the band. Oh, yeah. Janice. Yeah. Janice. The one that seems like she's addicted to heroin. Oh, I 100%. love that band. <laughs> you will love the game we played uh, last week or last Saturday, Mark. We were playing a trivia game, and one of them referenced Doctor Mister Teeth or whatever his name. His band. Yeah. It's like, what does what is what what instrument does he play? And we all got it wrong. <laughs> does he, play keyboard? he does. You would have gotten. You would have won that round. Congratulations, ding, Mark. Ding, ding. We all said saxophone. <laughs> Incorrect. That's that's because can you picture that starts with like a heavy saxophone yeah. uh, intro. Yeah. And now now you know how dorky I really am. I was like I I figured you'd love this prompt because uh you know oh, I yeah, I I knew you're a fan of the Muppets, so I think this is a good this is a good prompt for you. So I'm going to kick it back we, over to you, Mark. You got another well, one? We got another one from uh Twitch here, which is okay. Casablanca. And it's Bogart and Miss Piggy. Oh, God. <laughs> I think that would be just... Mwah. Oh, that'd be interesting. Yeah, Miss Piggy's going to have to be in a lot of these. <laughs> I was going to say, yeah, that's pretty much it. All right, Mark, what's another one from your list? So I'm in Iowa. Could you do Field of Dreams? Because it's really... Oh, yeah. Really like it's really like heavy that he's reuniting with his you know father and all these baseball players from the past except oh. they're like Muppets. Oh, <laughs> so good! That's so amazing. Costner, Costner's the human then. Costner stays, and okay. then all of the tension is undercut because they're Muppets. <laughs> <laughs> they come out and like the corn leaves are sticking to their their felts, and he's like he goes to play catch <laughs> with his dad at the end. It's like. You know, like with their little their little animated hands. Oh God! I love <laughs> All the beauty of it's God is it's like let's play baseball. <laughs> <laughs> that one's really good. Good call out in the Ooh. Iowa too. Nice. 
All right, Justin, what do you got? Uh, well, in keeping with that, I'm I casino. I feel like a lot of Scorsese because, uh, <laughs> and I want and this one. I want to keep Joe Pesci <laughs> as the human because that scene where he and De Niro <clears throat> where they're in the desert. I just want to hear Pesci say something to the effect of like, "Don't you ever go over my head again, you felt motherfucker, you." <laughs> You've been warned. Well, just the idea that he'd be that mad at a Muppet, you know, like right. it completely just like if you have that same intensity. <laughs> right. And it's just it makes it totally changes the scene. A hundred percent. He's like, you went right. over my head. You son of a you bitch. Like motherfucker, you. <laughs> it's completely and different. Of course, we could have uh, Sharon Stone is played by Janice then because. Oh, there you go. Two, I was going to so, be like, yeah. and she's also Miss Piggy. Like. <laughs> And Janice no, would be a good fit for that. That was a good adjustment. Yeah, that's really good. Oh, yeah. man. We got another one from uh, Jerbis. Inception, Leo stays. I thought of Inception. So did and I. Then, yeah, but I was worried I would have to then try to walk through the plot of it and show everyone that I didn't really understand. We've gotten some good uh, some good reactions from Felt Motherfucker on Twitch. Too Good Hip says, I'm dying, you Felt Motherfucker. And Jervis says, Felt Motherfucker is just amazing. I want Pesci to say it now. I would love nothing more than Pesci to say that. God damn it. I want him to say it so bad. Oh, my God. That's hilarious. Uh, another one I had. This one goes out to Haig. Uh, American History X. Um, one of his favorite movies. And uh, Edward Norton is the human. The rest are Muppets. Because now you have this beautiful movie about uh, hate and race that is completely undercut by the fact that they're Muppets. <laughs> they're like 80 different colors. And <laughs> I specifically am thinking of the scene where uh, he curb stomps, you know, the guy. And Justin had a good suggestion. Like, he doesn't. All you see that flies up is some felt and some fluff. Just some, some stuffing. Just goes poof. <laughs> But you, it's everything that's great about that movie is completely undercut by the fact that, you know, here he is in prison during the prison scene, right? All those white supremacist guys get him in the shower, but they're Muffets. Maybe Mr. Teeth's band is the one that gets him in the shower. <laughs> I'm liking this prop, man. This is great. This is good. Bring yeah, out the best in all of us. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Mark, back to you. Woo! Okay. Hmm. <sighs> I want to say Waterworld. <laughs> I've got to stop water taking water. drinks of water as you guys are about to talk. Like, I'm going to have a spit take for sure here. And I, I again, hmm. <laughs> I think I make the only character the bad guy because he's really <sighs> the good actor in the movie. Oh my god. That actually almost <laughs> makes the movie better, I think. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, he's like bent on as much power as he can grab in like this post-apocalyptic water world, right? And, you know, instead of Kevin Costner with his gills being human, it's actually the bad guy that that's like bossing around all these muppets and it's like why do, why do you even like care what they do, you know? <laughs> well, it's so funny because most of the other people in his tribe, or you will, if his gang are not as smart as him, so it looks like right. he's gathered them up 
And he's just been like, I am your leader because I'm human. And they're like, yeah, we're going to follow this guy. And he's just already just over the top chewing the scene anyway. And then when you add Muppets yep. to it, it just adds another layer of insanity. They're on this <laughs> giant tanker trying to get oil and all that sort of stuff and uh, trying to find land. And then you add him in there. It just adds a whole new level, level of insanity. And I love everything about it. It's such a bad movie. And yet it's ahead of its time. Yeah, right. <laughs> dun dun dun! That's one of those movies where I'm like, if it's on, I'm like, well, I guess we're watching this. Like, I it's totally a guilty pleasure. Yeah, you need to know what to do, how to barter, <laughs> how to barter. I don't know if that's really the the key takeaway from that movie, but I, I appreciate that. You know, <laughs> it taught me about commerce. Yeah, right. <laughs> so good, so good. Um. Jerbus says, what about a horror film like Friday the 13th with the killer chasing down the Muppets? Yeah. Yeah. I have something similar, which I'll get to momentarily. But uh, um, I, li- I like that one. Or it's a Muppet chasing everyone else down. There you go. Could be fun, too. <laughs> <clears throat> um, I was thinking the Shawshank Redemption <laughs> with the human being Tim Robbins character. So, like, in the... Sh- <laughs> When he gets, uh, what, what do they call him? The sisters? When yeah. they like, corner him? <laughs> <laughs> or the guard when he's doing his thing or all, any of the other. Uh, I, yeah, I just, I I would absolutely love to see that. You got that, you maggot dick motherfucker. <laughs> it's, such, it's such a like, it's such a like poignant story with such great drama. And then it's just completely undone. <laughs> And all the posters that he hangs up have to be of Muppets in his in his cell as well. The three the three women in the universe. Right. Exactly. <laughs> one's Absolutely. a chicken, one's the heroin, and one's Miss Piggy. <laughs> <laughs> Just like you're not supposed to have that chicken in here. <laughs> oh so who plays Red? Who plays Red though? Oh, see, that's a good one. It's got to be uh 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 who's the, he's the the dog that plays the piano uh Ralph that's his name Rolf Rolf what was it Rolf yeah Rolf R O L F yeah Rolf he's perfect yeah. for it right mm-hmm. oh. oh let me look up let me look up Muppets <laughs> I think he'd be perfect because I what I'm thinking of is that scene right before he escapes he's talking about Zawataneo. <laughs> And there's Tim Robbins just like yeah. at his breaking point, and it cuts over to this dog. He's like, "Man, those are just shitty pipe dreams, you know." That's Mexico's way down there, and we're all the way in here. He's yeah, like, no, I'm looking at the piano saying it. <laughs> He's playing the piano, trying to get through. Just I hope whatever. something better comes along. <laughs> yeah, Ralph's got to be. Yeah. Oh and my god. The warden. The warden has to be Sam Eagle. Yeah, 100%. 100%. And of course, the guy who works in the library, uh, oh God, what's his name? I can't remember his name now. Uh, um, Is the I... Swedish chef. Skirpener, Skirpener. How long? What the hell was how long uh, how long you been I feel so bad I I know that movie like the back of my hand I can't remember why I can't remember that character's name but he's just like how long you been working in the uh, in the library he's just like scarbiter scarb scarbiter wow okay that's interesting why he's just like doesn't again doesn't compete the fact Brooks yes Brooks Brooks. oh my god 
<laughs> and he just and he responds. He's like, uh huh, yeah, yeah. See, two good up says Fozzie should play red, but I think Fozzie should play um the other guy who's kind of uh the wise ass who's a part of their crew, who's like not very bright. He loves Hank Williams. Yeah. You know what I'm talking the about? Blonde. Yeah, he yeah. would be good for Fozzie. I feel like kind of like the I lovable yeah. idiot, but also super aggressive. Where it's like, does anyone know his name? He's like, the fuck you care. <laughs> He's dead. We're not. Right. Waka waka. Waka waka. We're all sitting around tarring the roof, and they got they they've just got tar on themselves, not knowing what to do. I just imagine that scene with Sam Eagle, where he's like, "You're being obtuse." He's like, "What did you call me? <laughs> obtuse? What? What? That's that. Right. <laughs> Nothing changes." Oh God. Woo. Um, so my next one would be saving private Ryan. Yes. And <laughs> yes, the human would be uh Matt Damon's character because you'd have the whole movie of Muppets going through this traumatic war experience, <laughs> dealing all the stuff. And the person they're trying to save is a human. And there's a specific point in the movie where the, one of the characters is like, you know what? I hope this guy's worth it. Cause I bet he's an asshole, you know? And then they show up at the end and it's like, everyone's just getting horrified, horrible, just obliterated. But then there's Matt Damon. And for some reason they have to save him. And for some reason to me, that is hilarious. I think Kermit should play Tom Hanks's character. Yeah. Um, to be leading the troops. Um, yeah. Can and you imagine that beach scene, that opening <laughs> Normandy scene? Really? It will take a lot of the drama out of that. I tell you that much. <laughs> Just stuffing everywhere. It basically would pollute the ocean. Is what it would do. Oh, yeah. So you got Kermit playing Hanks, and who else did you have cast? That's all I have so far. Okay. <laughs> who's, who's like the main troop of guys? Say you have like five guys walking around, and they've got An military. animals. Got to be in there. <laughs> so he's he's animals the wild card, right? Animal. We yeah, haven't talked much about animal yet. No. Animal. I've got, I've got oh, animal man. as as someone for either animal or gonzo for a, a movie I got coming up, but who would Fozzie would have to be in there. He'd be kind of the, the jokester of the, the platoon. Yeah. yeah. Who oh, would be the sharpshooter. Oh, that's a great, that's a great question. Um, I know who the, uh, Oppum would be the guy who gets put in, who speaks German. You guys know that little bunny. That's from like the the Disney oh, World. Yeah. Like it, that's yeah. totally him, just meek and mild and, and kind of a mess up. Doesn't understand anything. He's like, "What's foobar? I don't see it in the uh, in the in the textbook here. I don't see it. It says I'm not not listed in my dictionary." It's like, "Shut up, <laughs> shut up, Oppum." <laughs> oh my god, yes. Oh, who is the other? <clears throat> oh, that little Pepe the King Prawn. Pepe. <laughs> I forgot about him. <laughs> He'd be in the troop for sure. Without a doubt. Yeah. I put Beaker in there. Just make him <laughs> Maybe Be Beaker would be the medic. He'd play uh, what's his face's uh, role? Uh, Giovanni Rabisi. Like, me, 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 me. Oh, he's freaking out as people are just getting annihilated. <laughs> oh, and at the end, he just gets that. Oh, that would be so. <laughs> <laughs> the knife plunged into his heart. Oh man! Oh boy, uh, Jerbis. What darker movie? <laughs> yeah, right. As if it couldn't be any darker. Uh, Jerbis says, uh, "Forrest Gump, Bubba stays human." Oh shit! <laughs> so we're making Forrest. <laughs> <laughs> 
say what what Muppet plays Forrest then? Yeah, right. Um, I I mean I initially go to Fozzie for some reason. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> he seems like a good fit. Um, <laughs> uh, maybe Beaker again. <laughs> I feel just looking at him. I'm like that. That's kind of him. Yeah, or Scooter. Scooter. Oh, I forgot about Scooter. No, Scooter's not Forrest. Should we? He doesn't have that kind of range. Also pull from. He doesn't have that kind of range. <laughs> should we also pull from Sesame Street? Because technically, those are Muppets as well, right? I, I guess. Yeah. I mean, I haven't considered <laughs> those characters yet either. So Elmo then. <laughs> I mean, he has about. I think he has about the capacity. No. Oh, no. 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 Mr. Noodle from Sesame Street. Mr. That Noodle. guy could play Forrest. Jervis <laughs> uh, says Kermit should play Forrest Gump. He goes, just imagine the scene with the leg braces with his frog legs. <laughs> oh, my God. I love that one. Ooh, guys, you, right, keep it coming on Twitch, this man. Is, this is great. This is so much fun. What else you got? The Dark Knight. Oh boy, tell me more. Lay it on All me. Right. Tell I'm me what it. you got. I keep Christian Bale as Batman with his gruff, like, you know, I'm sick of crime in this city. And then I I make everyone else a Muppet. <laughs> so so the big question is then who plays the Joker? Yeah, yeah. And I hadn't thought that through yet. You guys want to think of it together? Why uh, I go plug in my phone since I'm running off of it. Yeah, sure. Yeah. I'm about to die, I'll be right back. No worries. Oh my god, who would who who is that? Again, Fozzie? And Fozzie could, from a very literal standpoint, Fozzie could handle that, yes. Um, I, there's that uh, Uncle Deadly. He's the guy who's kind of got, like, the looks like dreadlocks coming off his chin, really sunken in, beady eyes. Yeah, he could do it. So could Dr. Teeth. Yeah. Ooh, oh, yeah. wow. Yeah. Big Bird. Big Bird. Big Bird. I'm an agent of chaos. <laughs> I'm like a dog chasing cars. I want to know what to do if I found it. <laughs> and then you just see him turn like lumber away. I imagine him just like that's it, it, perfect for when he's trying to set off the bomb at the hospital. You know, oh, yeah. he's just like walking out of there, just doop a doop a doop a doop, and then he's like, had to go under a door. Yeah. Yeah. Oh my god. Is it's been a while? Is the Dark Knight the the Batman where they have the two ships with the bomb. Yes. Is that the one? Yeah. 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 So just imagine all these different Muppets in those <laughs> ships, like debating over what to do. Like, you know, the prison Muppets and then the regular, the, the oh pedestrian my. Muppets. Oh and they're all God. freaking out. They're like, ah, the little hands and stuff like that. <laughs> uh, who is two face? <laughs> Ooh, I guess. Uh, Kermit. Kermit for Alfred. That's a pretty good. That's a pretty good suggestion. I like that one. Actually, it probably not a good fit. But again, Sam Eagle for Alfred seems like a good one. Just to kind of like, you did, you get, did you get mauled by a tiger? For, <laughs> could for you make Alfred? A it needs to be. What's that? Could you make a hybrid for Two Face, like half animal and half? <laughs> like. Or how about this? Yeah. After the accident, it's one character for one way. Maybe it's Scooter, right? And then after the accident, he just turns into months into a. It's half animal. And <laughs> half it, it, it's animal. And he's just like, ah! 
I, Rachel! <laughs> Alfred and um, oh god, who does who does Morgan Freeman play? What's his character's name? Oh, Lucius, Lucius Fox. Lucius. Alfred and Lucius need to be Statler and Waldorf. Yes, I just thought of that as you were saying it. They're both the same. They're just constantly giving him shit. That's amazing. <laughs> and then he, at one point he's gonna turn him and go, "Why are you two always together?" He's, he's like. They just roll together everywhere, ride or die. It's like, I don't remember you guys being around here so much. I don't remember you being such a pussy. I don't know. That's why I imagine what they'd say. (laughs) 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 All right. I think we got time for a couple more. Uh, uh, Justin, what do you got? So I've, uh, let's see here. Um, well, the one that I saw Animal in was was Jaws, yes. and I wanted him, even though he can't really talk. I saw him as Robert Shaw's character. <laughs> he's perfect. He's perfect. Where he's just got that hat on and that mop of hair underneath, and just kind of sitting in the back, like I never went up. I just imagine him like yeah, you know, when they have that town hall meeting because he does his eyebrow stuff too. He's just like ah, just... just the board down. He goes, you'll get it, shark head, tail. Whole thing. Like you get the hand, the shock, the tail, the whole thing. Ah! <laughs> he's just huffing and puffing at the back. Because I imagine that too, like when he's already losing his mind, he tells the drunken right. story of the USS <laughs> Missouri or whatever. Indiana, yeah. Or Indiana or whatever it was. <laughs> <laughs> and of course, at the end where he's, he's like trying to stab the shark because he's going on, right. he's like, ah! got a drumstick he's trying to stab stab it with obviously it's got to be a drumstick yeah so who's the human in it the shark <laughs> yeah. everyone else's muppets the shark remains human uh i i think i think um uh is it no not brody like, god what i can't think of his name no guy, not brody guy's dead God damn it. Hold on. Hold on. <laughs> oh my gosh, Justin. Richard Dreyfus. There you go. Oh, Dreyfus. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. Interesting pick. I keep I keep Dreyfus in there because I want to see Dreyfus interact with Muppets. <laughs> That's all that this is about. I just want to see him. Yeah, I want to see him lose his mind. The thing is, though, Robert Shaw was actually like a theater, like a stage actor. So it might be fun to put him. Ooh. He he has to keep us cool around all these fucking Muppets. I think I like keeping him because he has a pretty gruesome death in the midst yeah. of all these other Muppets who get eaten by a shark or even yeah. better. The shark is a Muppet and that just takes the, <laughs> you know, that just takes everything out of it. It's eating other Muppets, but at the very end it eats him and it's still gory and everything. It's like, whoa, was this shark for real? What? <laughs> I'm into that. I like that one. Yes, yes, yes. yes. <sighs> all right. I think I, I got one more here. Um, right. Predator. And the predator stays the human. <laughs> and the predator hunts Muppets. <laughs> oh my god, yes. <laughs> I'm trying to think who you'd have who you'd have play Arnold. <laughs> That's a good one. Because I don't know who you'd have. Oh it, I would put that as Sweetums then, right? The that Swedish Chef? With the, oh, oh yeah. Sweetums. With the no, with no, the big the, flappy jaw. The huge guy. Yeah. Right? Oh right, right, right. Um yeah. And isn't there another monster about the Simpsons? Maybe not. Oh. Sweetums Muppet. Yeah, that guy. 
for sure. <laughs> that guy's terrifying, man. <laughs> I know, right? Because he could definitely go toe-to-toe with the Predator. I feel like part of the crew should be the Swedish chef, which would be yes. hilarious because yeah. he's like kind of a... Oh, Jervis says Arnie stays in the Predator. The Predator is Beaker. <laughs> <laughs> You never do Instead of the, with the head. You hear, me, 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 me. <laughs> Did you hear that? <laughs> somehow Beaker just brutally murders people. And at the end, he <laughs> hear him go, me, 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 me. Do the laugh, Justin. Do it. <laughs> there it is. As, as, and he just slow-mos as he like sets off the bomb and it nukes everything. He's just, I put Rizzo. I put Rizzo in the group. <gasps> yes. Just next to Sweetums marching over hill and <laughs> through the jungle and, you know. <laughs> Who would play uh, the former governor of Minnesota? What's his name? The uh, uh, wrestler? Jesse the Body Ventura. Yeah. Who, who gets to say the line, I ain't got time to bleed? <laughs> <laughs> Sam Eagle. <laughs> I don't have time to bleed. No. Mm-mm. Let's get this done. Miss ca- Piggy has to be in the group too because she would be just a badass in that uh, in that environment. Well, there is a female uh, in the in there that they find one of the rebels they find early on who ultimately survives with Arnie. But I don't know. I kind of, I kind of imagine her as the. There's a part where what is it the 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 Native American guy, at the end he's like just sensing stuff and he just stands on the like the log and like cuts his chest open. He's like ah, that could be Miss Piggy. <laughs> I, I can see Miss Piggy going after Predator. She's tough, right? Yeah, right? yeah, yeah. I mean, think of like, think of like the when she loses it in all the movies or shows, and just like whips everyone. You know? Yeah, yeah, man. Yeah. Well, uh, I like that one. We could I, literally do this all fucking. Night. I literally was just gonna say, that. I'm like, I feel like we could crowdsource more amazing opportunities here. So, uh, we, kudos. We might have to, we might have to bring this back at some point because this is just too good. We'll stew on it a little bit more. I, I, yeah. I find it's fun to find the award winning material and be like, how yeah, can we yeah. make this more ridiculous? And I feel this like actually, I think it's its own podcast. Really. <laughs> That's all it is. Welcome to episode 200 of replacing humans with Muppets and movies. Uh, today we've got. <laughs> yeah, today we're doing Predator. Today we're doing Parasite. Here we go. <laughs> <laughs> oh god, that's amazing. Whew. Oh man, oh, Tremors. Tremors. Was Tremors. Bad. Oh, Tremors was Tremors. Amazing. Because it's who's, giant who's the human fighting Muppets in half. Kevin Bacon's the human. <laughs> okay, all right. Duh, Sorry. you dumb dumb. <laughs> Was I too intense there, Justin? <laughs> <laughs> My bad. <laughs> amazing. Absolutely amazing. Yeah, it's similar to like the Jaws where you got like this thing just terrorizing the Muppets and just <laughs> destroying them. Uh, yeah. yeah, that's perfect. I love it. <laughs> uh, I do have one more game for us if you're into it. I'm into yeah. it. And it's going to be replace. It's basically you pick two, two people, and you're not replacing them. You're just putting them together. And it's called the Throwdown. Throwdown. 
Love that new uh, intro for that. Sounds great. Um, thank you to uh, Bob Ballmeyer for the uh, third night intro. Yes, uh, that was delicious. Thank you. <laughs> so excited we have a theme song now. <laughs> Only 243 episodes in, we finally got one, so it's all good. <laughs> but who knew that this quarantine would force us to really up our podcast game? Yeah, you're really going. Force us to get super creative, right? It's like, you know what we could do? Let's hook up this stuff. Let's do this. Let's do a soundboard now. We got time. So, uh, yeah. So today's throwdown. Uh, now I just want to put two Muppets together. But <laughs> I'm gonna, I've been inspired. But we're going to go back to what we had for our special guest. So tonight's throwdown, it's going to be a, a 12 men enter, one man leaves throwdown. <laughs> We're doing the tw- the twelve disciples. Go, <laughs> verse Jesus. Go. <laughs> sure, sure. Um, or, or Doug, do you want to go with that one? Or do no, I think that's great. One? I think that's a good one. Yeah. Well, I think this is good. You have the twelve apostles. They all and go together. Essentially, Jesus comes out and says, "Only one of you." can really be my true follower. He breaks a pool cue in half, throws it on the ground. He goes, we have tryouts. See you later. And he, he goes, make it quick. And he walks away and they all look at each other and they're like, well, I want to be his number one. And then they kind of go. So based on what you know, with your knowledge, yeah. what yeah. do you think happens? Well, here's where it gets easy though. Only, only a handful of them are really prominence in the literature. The rest are just kind of hanging out, this, <laughs> but they're not, you know, just kind of like but chumps, yeah. I think, I think the end battle has to be be between Judas Iscariot and someone. Okay, right? like the guy that betrayed Jesus mm-hmm. has to be in the final battle. Mm-hmm. And I think in the final battle, it's either Peter or John. Okay, and John, what's your reasoning? John, yeah, so Peter is a hothead, and he's he's really uh, oh. He asks like all the dumb questions and like jumps into arguments too fast or like there's that scene where, you know, they come to arrest Jesus and he like jumps at a guy and cuts off his ear. You know, he doesn't like run him through. He's just like, eh. and uh, <clears throat> but, you know, he's kind of he's kind of like always in the scene, in the periphery, doing stuff. And then John is, you know, purportedly Jesus youngest disciple. And he's kind of a gunner. He's he's ambitious. Um, there's this great story where they're uh, walking into a city and they get rejected. And John's like, hey, Jesus, do you want me to call down fire from heaven on them? And Jesus is like, face palm. <laughs> He's essentially to- the Jesse Ventura. He's like, hey, Jesus, yeah. I ain't got time to bleed. <laughs> but James James and John, their, their nickname, this is great. You might need a you might need a sound effect for it, but they're the they're the sons of thunder, in, and they're they are. They start, <laughs> I mean, you had it from earlier. <laughs> did did he get it on that one? I feel like Is he got it. it. <laughs> so I think basically. Thomas, the doubting Thomas, gets the crap kicked out of him. Instantly. He's just done. He's like, I don't even know if I'm in. And just swam, right? And then the other guys get eliminated over time because they're not that important. They're really like, you know, all these disciples get pulled in, but then like 
find me a story about Andrew. He's just there, you know? <laughs> and, uh, yeah, he's like that kid in high school that no one remembers. Be me. And, uh, <laughs> <coughs> no, but seriously, so you have the Sons of Thunder, and they kind of team up, and you have Peter, and you have Judas in, in like, your final, like, these are the guys left standing, I think. Interesting. Yeah. And I don't know where, where you want to go from there. Well, I like where, I like how you whittled it down. So essentially, yeah. it's it's kind of down to a, a three-way. You got, uh, yeah. you said Peter and John, correct? Yeah, so James and John are the zealots, the sons of thunder. Huh? And then, yeah. <laughs> sons of thunder. And Peter's a, <laughs> Peter's a hothead um, and uh, always rushes into things, and, and he's kind of brash. And I feel like that would work against him. I feel like yeah. he'd be the first one to be like, I'm going to prove to Jesus that I'm number one. And then Judas is like, sure, I'm sure. I'm sure he's I just a crafty Judas, guy. Yeah. I think Judas, I think Judas somehow stabs like Peter in the back or hits him with a chair that he doesn't expect, <laughs> you know? <laughs> <laughs> and then, so you have the sons of thunder and mm-hmm. Judas left and the sons of thunder gang up on Judas. Cause he can't, I mean, he just can't win. Cause you know, you don't think he'd so discontent between the two of them. You don't think he'd play some mind games with them. I think he'd try. Do you think <laughs> cause it sounds like, it sounds like, you know, they're pretty like easily it. like, Hey, you want me to call down the fire? But he'd be like, somehow he'd be like, you know what I heard? I heard, uh, he said that he said that you don't really believe in Jesus. In fact, <laughs> I heard you call him Jesus. He's like, I, I, I never called him Jesus. He's like, that's what I heard. And before you know it, they're fighting among each other. And, um, you know, and then that's when Judas strikes, you know? I think that's like the last moment of the, the, the battle. He like, he like sows discord in between them and he, he's going for the victory, but he can't, he can't have it because he ends up, you know, the worst guy in history and hangs himself in the story. And, you know, he. <laughs> Not in this story. <laughs> yeah, well. <laughs> so you're 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 describing him as like, well, he's a villain, so he can't win. Not in the throwdown. Anything goes in the throwdown, maybe sir. Goes. Maybe I'm wrong, man. Maybe I mean Judas. The reason he betrays Jesus is that he he wants to overthrow Rome. He's a zealot, and he sees that Jesus is gonna go pacifism, and uh, you know that's why he sells him out. So maybe maybe he does. I don't know. But uh, I think, I think for my story, I want I want uh, John to win, and I want him to win by actually doing what Jesus told him not to do. Like I want him to like start by putting his hands in and shaking them, and then a fireball like kind of forms, <laughs> and then he reaches above his head, and a lightning bolt meets his fireball, and he throws it all to the ground. He's gonna keep throwing it, right? And they're done. I love that ending because essentially it's like a Street Fighter Two move, more or less. Right, yeah. You know, he does a yeah. Hadouken on these guys, and they explode, and he's like, "I'm your number one, Jesus." And then Jesus just James, goes, "James yeah. is done." James is done at that point. Judas like staggers up and he yells, "Get over here!" <laughs> now we're mixing, we're mixing fighting games, and I love it. <laughs> I played these at your house. <laughs> <laughs> Justin, make up his finishing move. Judas? Uh, John. John? Judas is going to die. 
Well, I think uh, I think what he needs to do then, he's just like, I've brought it from above, now so below. And he just does this, and rock spikes just come up and impale Judas. That's awesome. Ironically, kind of like this. And <laughs> cross. Oh, my gosh. I love the symmetry. Yeah. So from the ground. It was very rabbinic. Thank you. So, and then when he's done, he kind of walks by Judas, and he throws him some silver, and he's like, keep the change. And he... <laughs> you filthy animals. <laughs> And he has to throw he has to throw thirty talents of silver. Yes. Like on his body. Yeah. He just chucks it like it's no big deal. It's in slow motion. He's just like, keep the change. <laughs> and then you just hear the Yeah. He puts on sunglasses. He walks away. He walks Jesus out of the arena. Like, I'm following you now. He walks out of the arena. Jesus is winning in an open top convertible and sunglasses. And he's like, You ready? He's like, You know I am. They hop in and they just peel out into the desert into the sunset. <laughs> Yep. <laughs> exactly. Uh, These sound effects. That's a lawnmower. Oh, there we go. I this could not have gone better. So wait, who are we saying? Oh yeah, yeah. John won. John for the win. <laughs> I didn't have that one preloaded, so I had to go through the microphone. Ooh, wow, that I'm was you, Doug. I'm calling you like tomorrow about how to get a soundboard. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'll let you, I'll let you know. I'll I'll relay you over to Justin because he's got this on lockdown. Well, <laughs> that was a blast. Thank you so much, Mark, for hanging out with us uh, and just chatting about the podcast and doing silly stuff yeah. about Muppets and movies. Uh, at this point, again, I welcome you to plug whatever you want to plug, social media, for yourself, for your show. Tell everyone where to find you, where to find Text and Rock. Oh, textandrock.com. And our slogan is read the Bible like an ancient to have faith like a modern. Nice. I love it. Yeah. Um, also, at this point in time, we obviously we put out any sort of anything we recommend. If there's a show you're watching, a song you're listening to, a game you're playing, uh, if there's anything you'd recommend the audience to check out right now, uh, if you've got something in mind, um, you know, whatever you recommend for folks. Yeah. So my wife and I always discover shows later than everyone else, and then we binge watch them. So right now we're carrying through Dexter, which I'm sure everyone in your audience has already seen. Mm -hmm. But I love the like flip of protagonist and antagonist. Mm -hmm. I think that show is brilliant. And the way his psychology develops through it is just far out. I think it's awesome. How far are you in the show? I'm to season three. Cool. So here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to challenge you. <laughs> after, after season four, just stop. <laughs> after Doesn't season four, just stop. And trust me, you're gonna you're gonna have there's gonna be a voice that's gonna be like, but there's four more yeah. seasons. Just stop. And you'll thank me for it. Did I it go eight that. seasons? It, really? It went eight seasons. Season four might be a masterpiece, and then just call it after that. You're not gonna oh. want to, but trust me. <laughs> I have one more. This is important. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Since we're all quarantined and stuck inside. I've basically been subsisting on two pair of sweatpants. <laughs> I mean, the top the top of my outfit changes from t-shirt to t-shirt, but it's really two pair of Mack Weldon sweatpants. I just think they're baller. <laughs> Mack Weldon. They're so comfortable. And they they make them from like size Doug to midget. They're great. <laughs> I 
love this is the first wardrobe recommendation we've had and i love it i love it yeah. check out uh check out these pants man they're good i love it that's fantastic yeah. <laughs> i found myself like wearing sweats out in public more and more it's good that this quarantine brought it inside he's not even like hey uh, this is quarantine that's what i gotta do right you know <laughs> justin what do you got to recommend wear your sweatpants <laughs> Uh, I'm going to recommend uh, Mike Birbiglia's movie from 2016, Don't Think Twice. Uh, just got a, just got around to watching it, very timely, mm-hmm. just like you, Mark. And uh, it's uh, it's fantastic. If anyone's ever done anything in the realm of improv or comedy or performing uh, or had dreams that have been crushed, um, you'll you'll <laughs> enjoy this movie. Um, it's 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 really well done. I the thing that I think hit the most for me is that it's. Uh, it felt very uh, real. Like it, mm-hmm. I, I, I really was like, oh, these characters are really pissed off. They all did a really good job of playing things very honestly. How that's how the scenario would have actually played out. So uh, I would say check that out. It's on Netflix right now for free. So that's awesome. Really yeah. Cool. Uh, I'd recommend a game called Jackbox Party Pack Six. Uh, we played it last weekend on our Twitch stream. Had a real hoot and a half. Uh, it's basically just a bunch of party games, trivia games, uh, figuring out who's an alien, uh, doing really bad jokes, um, all sorts of good stuff. We had a really good time with it. I recommend it. It's worth checking out and playing with your friends. Because the best part about it, too, is only one person needs to buy it, and then everyone else can join in. Like Not, not everyone needs to buy the game. So if you have one person that, that gets it, everyone else can play. So I think it's a really cool thing. Check it out. Good stuff. Woo! All right, so uh, that about wraps up our show. So now for the good stuff. Uh, gang, please, more than ever right now, please follow us on Twitch. We're at MindGap Podcast on Twitch. We do our live streams there for our episodes, as well as our video game streams on Saturday nights. Come hang out with us. We really would love you to follow us because we're on our way to becoming affiliates on Twitch, and that would mean the world to us if you could find us there. We're also on our social medias, at MindGap Podcast. It's Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. And also check out our YouTube channel. It's where we post all of our episodes, as well as our silly stuff on the side, like Justin plays video games, Doug watches awkward videos, and highlights from our Twitch video game streams, where we've got a bunch of silly stuff happening on there as well. So please check all that stuff out, and you can find Justin online as well. On Instagram and Twitter, it's at Justin underscore Michael, spelled M-I-K-E-L. It's the fun way of spelling it. And while you're in the online realm, check us out on Apple Podcasts, on Stitcher, on Spotify. And on Google Podcasts, wherever you can find and consume the old casts of pods. And we ask that you subscribe to us, share us around, review us, rate us, all those things. The biggest one, though, is sharing, because sharing is caring. And the more you share, the more uh, we get out there and the cooler stuff we can do. And then also 2east8th.com slash mindgap. And uh, just take a look at uh, 2east8th.com in general. We redesigned the website. We're going to have a new sizzle reel coming out. And we're going to be announcing a fun uh, competition that we're going to go public with soon. So keep an eye on all that. Hooray! Uh, once again, Mark, thank you so much for hanging out with us. Yeah, this was so fun. Thank you, guys. This was an absolute blast. Uh, Justin, thank you. Douglas, thank you. Twitch, thank you. Listeners, thank you. And you all have a dandy fucking week! <laughs>